Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the USC Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? I'm Nara Wang. And my co-host is, of course, the 13-year NFL defensive lineman with the Bengals, Browns, Cardinals, and Raiders, and an all-Pac-10 player for USC during the Pete Carroll era, Frosty Rucker. Now, Frosty, before we get into our spring practice preview, I think we need to update our listeners on the status of the predictions bet that I won during the season. Why do you always want to go back to that? Hey, hey, you were supposed to pay it off with concessions at a USC basketball game at the Galen Center. That's well, what do we you want to go on. into that? Do you want to go into it that? It didn't happen. So what's the deal? Let's talk about it. What happened? Well, I actually called and texted. You didn't get either about tickets to the USC-UCLA game, which I went to. I brought a pocket full of money to buy you as many beers as you wanted because we had a bet. You didn't show. You didn't reply. That's on you. I never got those texts. I never got a call. I never got a text. So Whatever. Pay your phone bill. The bill's very well paid. It's on auto bill, man. I don't know what happened. (laughs) Me either, but... So we got to figure out another time to meet up and get this bet taken care of, right? So another USC event as long as, and we're going to get into this, as long as the coronavirus doesn't ruin everything for public events coming up. But Yeah, that's an epidemic. Yes, we will discuss this further. If you enjoy listening to our show, of course, just subscribe and rate us on all the places where you can get your favorite podcasts. That's iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. The website is Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com. On social media, it's Believe Podcasts. And follow me on Twitter, that's Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Frosty, let everyone know where they can find you on social media. Well, per usual, you can find me at The Organic Frost. That's at The Organic Frost. Thank you. We are recording this show on Wednesday, March 11th, which is the first day of spring practice for USC. It was supposed to start yesterday. However, due to the rare bad weather in the L.A. area, it was postponed today. And as long as the weather cooperates, the Trojans will practice on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays between now and April 18th, except for today, of course, and they get next week off for spring break. All practices will be at Howard Jones' Brian Kennedy Field with the Tuesday and Thursday sessions beginning at 3.40 in the afternoon and Saturday practices starting at 9.50 in the morning. The Spring Showcase will take place on Saturday, April 11th at the Coliseum. You'll need to get tickets for that. And originally, the practices were going to be open to the public other than the final practice on April 18th. But due to the coronavirus that we've already mentioned, USC is shutting that access down until March 29th when things will be re-evaluated, not just spring practice, but other SC sporting events. They are not going to allow crowds in. Frosty, what do you think about the decision to close events to the public, not just at USC, but as we're seeing all over the world and at a lot of different kinds of events? Well, I mean, you got to say safety first, right? These young athletes and public events in general across the U.S., you know, you got to take caution. So I'm with it. Unfortunately, when you're a fan, you want to be in attendance for these things to root on your favorite team, your favorite player, even your favorite mascot. But in these times, there's a a sickness going out there and we got to be smart. So, you know, as fans, we just got to read more and listen to this podcast. 
Yes, I think this is obviously a prudent decision. It does kind of suck if you're a fan, you want to go to events. And as we know, a lot of the bigger events, they haven't decided not to close out people yet. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, let's face it, this is a lot of money on the line for a lot of teams, the NCAA tournament for basketball coming up. And obviously that plays a part for better or worse into the decision-making process. But obviously, like you said, it should be safety first and hopefully we can move on and get through this. And at some point, people will start being able to go to sporting events without having to fear if they're going to catch a virus or anything like that. Isn't the irony behind this that you have to cancel NCAA games and they're really upset because of that, because of the money, but then the athletes don't get paid? (laughs) Yeah, and we could do a whole show on that, and maybe we will, because it is such a hypocritical thing. The NCAA, as I've often said, is the most ridiculous, hypocritical organization there is in American sports. But like we are talking about, maybe that's a show for another day. Today is going to be the spring practice preview show for USC football, so let's talk about that. Again, neither of us are doctors, so we'll leave the decision-making on public epidemics to the doctors and the health policy makers. We're going to be talking about USC football, and we begin by talking about the fact that there are a lot of new coaches like we've addressed in USC's program, and... I want to know, how does having so many new coaches, especially on the defensive side, change maybe some of the process of what you do in spring practice? Well, you know, the technique and what they're asking for, and it all plays a role for the good or worse for your team. I think in this aspect, there's a new energy, not only for these players, but for a fan base that they want to see these new coaches and test their temperament out. They want to see how how much they're going to push these kids, and let's see how these kids respond to it. We're all here for these new coaches. We're all supporting it because we're all USC fans here. And I'm here for it. I'm really here just to see, like I said, how they push these players and how they respond. And let's talk about your position, the D-line with new D-line coach Vic Sooto coming in from the University of Virginia. He's a tough-nosed guy, played a little bit in the NFL as well, played for a tough, hard-nosed coach in Bronco Mendenhall at BYU and then became a coach under him. What do you think he's bringing to the table for USC? Brutal honesty. I think he brings the experience of being a player. Sometimes you have coaches, and this is a knock to them, but that didn't play, and they put you in positions where sometimes it's physically impossible to do. But this guy is going to be able to tell these guys how to do it, and because he has the proof to show it, he has the tape. He's been well coached. He's been groomed under a lot of great coaches. And after having a a couple conversations with the guy, I think he's the right fit for this job. He understands because in the era when he played college football, USC was on top. He's seen what we're all about. And he knows from an outside in what it's like to be a Trojan. You know, this is sort of like a dream job for a lot of guys, right? And it should be. You know, this is one of the top tier athletic programs in America of all time. So with Vic coming on our staff, from all I've heard is just he's a high energy guy. I've already touched on his football background from playing. Now, with the athletes we have and the athletes that he's going to get a hold on, how can he take us to the next level? I think it's good for everyone across the board. I think everyone elevates their game because he's going to ask of it. He's going to really, really, really coach hard, physical, and it's going to be a good thing. One of the things I talked to him about was I told him, I was like, take those young guys in front of Heritage Hall and have them look at the Wild Bunch. For one of the things that we did when I was at school, we wanted to be the Wild Bunch too. Some say I was a part of it. I often think I wasn't, but that's another story too. It's another program. But for the one thing that I did know, we all took our time as a D lineman, as a unit to go in front and say, you know what? We want to be like that. 
we want to be just like this. We want to emulate these guys. These guys were the best of the best, and they got a bronze statue right in front of Heritage Hall where all the trophies are. So take those guys out there and let them know, this is what you strive to do. This is what you strive to be as a unit. And he was key to it. He loved that approach to it. And I think he's going to be a good fit. One of the things about this spring practice as well is although there are many new coaches, there are so many returning players coming back to the program this year with only a handful of seniors going away and not a lot of recruits coming in. So what are the main goals with such a veteran squad do you think SC should be looking at for spring practice? Honestly, looking at it, there should be a lot of improvement there. A lot of being able to play right next to one another. You know, a lot of people talked about our recruiting class, which we got a lot of slack across America about it. But the one thing about it, they didn't talk about all the returning players we had. This is a chance for these guys to mold. They've already played together. They got a new coach, new energy. And some of the things that we all want to read about, since it's not going to be open to public, I want to read about how physical the practices are. I want to read about how someone's elevated their game that was third in the depth chart and now is trying to take Jackson's spot. I don't think it's going to be likely. The kid's a stud. But I want to hear about those stories. I want to hear about everyone competing so hard to get on that field. It's only going to make us better. And I think the naysayers, for everyone that thought they could really talk smack about our program, I think now's the time to use these returning kids as a building block and project us into where we want to go. And one of the things that was supposed to be addressed about last year's team coming off the previous season was some of the lack of discipline issues, getting penalties, and all those different things that led to some of the bad season a couple seasons ago. And although some of it was a little bit better in 2019, I think a lot of fans especially are still unhappy with how that worked. And I know Clay Houghton has said again that he wants to address that. And I'm sure you'll see some of that in spring practice. But what do you want to see the team get accomplished in that type of thing? And whether it's discipline or whether it's technique, what do you want to see out of this team? Well, as a player, the things that I wouldn't want to see is coach stopping practice and making guys line up on the line and run for jumping off sides and doing up downs and whatnot. But what that builds is also accountability. And that's what we need. We need to be accountable. You know, those penalties that we had so often that were just bonehead penalties that everyone was scratching their head, like, how could this guy do that? And that lack of discipline, and we got to correct that stuff. And it's going to take doing the things you don't want to do. You're going to have to do some bear crawls. You're going to have to do some duck walks. There's got to be an accountability board that you got to look at. And everyone that sits across from you is going to see it too. One thing that I had when I was in college was Pete Carroll had the competition Tuesday, right? So you're good, you're bad, you're ugly, and you're great. He was going to show that. And what that do? It embarrassed some, but the cream rise to the top because they seen it. You hear me? They seen it. They seen, oh, I can't do that. That move doesn't work. So-and-so is going to laugh at me or so-and-so is going to tell me to pick my stuff up. So I think bringing that attention to it, not being afraid of anyone's feelings at this point and saying, if you're sick and tired of getting talked about in the news across town, any way you want to look at it, do something about it, get better. And I think being accountable and disciplining these guys is the only way that we're going to make that big jump. And I think it's possible. For sure. I think that's what everyone wants to see is this team being accountable, being disciplined. And you're right. Sometimes guys just need to be made an example of to show what needs to get done to pull this team forward and get out of the mediocrity that everyone sees out of the team and what people are expecting. You got to try and get through that and exceed the expectations. Absolutely. You're right. And now a word from Simply Safe. With home security, there's two ways you can go about protecting your home. You can wait weeks for a technician to do a messy install that costs a fortune, or 
you can get Simply Safe, the two-time winner of CNET Editor's Choice Award. Simply Safe blankets your whole home in safety. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching. Entry, motion, and glass break sensors guard inside. You can set up the system all by yourself in just 30 minutes. You'll have an army of highly trained security experts ready to dispatch police in a moment's notice 24-7. All for 50 cents a day with no contracts. Go to simplysafe.com team today and you'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure you go to simplysafe.com team. That's simplysafe.com team. Did you say you get 60 days free? 60 day risk free trial. That's what it says. Wow, man. That sounds good, man. Keep your family safe. You looking into some home security options? Yeah, I am. When you look at this stuff, there's a lot of stuff out there, but I'm not a tech freak, right? So I don't really understand the stuff all too much, but I know I want to be safe. And this looks really simple and looks secure. I might want to give it a try. Again, if you want to give it a try with Simply Safe, 60 day risk free trial. Mm, that's good stuff. Okay, so continuing on with our spring practice preview show here on the Believe in USC football podcast, let's talk about the four recruits that actually did enroll early and will participate in spring practice. Wide receivers Gary Bryant Jr. and Joshua Jackson Jr., defensive lineman Kobe Pepe, and kicker Parker Lewis. What is the benefit for the incoming freshmen to get this early start, and how much of an advantage is it over the ones who are going to come and enroll later in the fall? Huge advantage, being a part of the team, being in college, the balance of your schedule, you know, it's so different from high school. So adapting to that, living in a dorm, all these things before fall kicks off and you get swarmed with not only practice, but games it's advantage, you know, and I wasn't one of the kids that got a chance to do that, but I've seen a lot of beneficial attributes from it, from a guy like Brandon Hancock that came in early. Those things work good for guys because you get yourself mentally prepared and physically also before summer camp. You're already in the weight room, working out with guys, you're building trust, and they see that you want it by coming in early and that you're mature enough that you had your grades and whatnot correct to get into school early. So it's a good thing. And I think for a couple of these guys, too, there might be opportunities for them. I mean, Gary Bryant Jr. was our top-rated recruit, and in an air raid offense and maybe even in the special teams game as a returner, he could possibly make an immediate impact. And then on the D-line, Kobe Pepe, even though he was only a three-star recruit, he played at the powerful St. John Bosco program and played really well for a really good team. Yeah, again, it's those valuable reps and being around your teammates like that. And especially for a receiver like that, being our number one prize recruit to get in that room with Kerry Colbert, getting on the same page with our quarterbacks. It's a big beneficial thing for him as well as the program. So again, it's a beautiful thing to know that a guy is that mature and has his grades right to get in early to benefit his career. And now what is the difference in spring practice if you're a young guy versus an experienced guy? Talk about the dynamics there. Well, you know, for me personally, it was different because sometimes you're coming off an injury, right? You're coming off a surgery, you're still healing. So as you get a little bit older, you're really trying to figure out everything that goes into it, right? When you're younger, you're just trying to, you know, stay with the group, stay with the pack. You don't want to be left behind. You want to keep up with your workouts, your schoolwork, and you want to be eligible, really. So spring practice is a great thing and it's very beneficial for these younger guys in the aspect of them just being around and competing and learning how to practice before summer comes. 
because what you put in in the spring, you get evaluated, right? So the coaches go back and they get to tell you before summer happens, this is what you need to work on. You were physical, your hands were low, you didn't know how to strike the correct way. And now being evaluated, you got something for fall camp to work on. And then you can come out and burst into fall camp and into the regular season and feel good about yourself because you had the time and you had the feedback to work on things. All right. I hear what you're saying there with the young versus the experience. And it makes a lot of sense that a lot of times the experienced guys, they know the drill and they just want to maintain. They don't want to get hurt or they're coming off an injury. And the young guys are trying to learn and also prove a point to coaches that, hey, they're ready to contribute right away. So I totally get that. So let's look at maybe some key players or position battles that we should all be keeping an eye on. Is anything standing out or jumping out at you that we should be looking at? Well, I still want to see JT and Slovis. I really want to see that dynamic. Obviously, right now, everyone, including myself, is patting Slovis on the back for a job well done last season. He stepped up big time. He really shocked a lot of people. The kid can really play some ball. But at the same time, is it by default because JT got hurt? JT being in the system, his first game before he got hurt, he was absolutely lighting it up. And that's the tough one for me. By default, Slovis had a fantastic year. He'll be an All-American. Everyone will be talking about him. But does JT have what it takes, the maturity, the gut? Does JT have ice in his veins? Is he going to be able to block the noise out and really come back and compete for this job? There's politics, and I'm sure it is, but before Slovis was the guy, JT was the guy, and he is the guy. So this is good. I'm glad he didn't transfer. He got himself healed. He's still recovering from that, but mentally he's right. I've seen him at the basketball game this past weekend, right? I've seen him at the USC and UCLA game. And at one point, they brought the whole team out there, and I got a chance to see JT. And I was just like, how do you feel, man? And he said, I feel great, man. Thanks for asking. And the last time I seen him was at one of the football games, and he was in the street clothes. And I don't wish that upon any athlete. You know, with depression and whatnot that can come with that, being the guy and then watching the next guy take off, it could happen. So seeing him at the basketball game, it felt good to see that he was in good spirits. It felt good that Slovis and JT still have a relationship. They were with each other, and they're talking, and I'm ready to see them compete. That's who I want to see compete. I want to see that all the way down to the wire, and may the best man win, because you're only as good as your last game. And Slovis got hurt the last game. So here we go. Nothing's etched in stone. Let's see these guys compete and have a great spring leading into fall camp when JT will be eligible to participate in live events. Yeah, right now, JT Daniels has been cleared for non-contact drills, although you can insert your joke there about quarterbacks and spring practice, about everything being non-contact probably, right, Frosty? Correct. Yeah, you can never touch those guys. It's like... (laughs) (laughs) It's like they're not even on your team until the games. So he has been cleared for non-contact drills, but in the eight practices, I believe, that you're allowed to actually tackle and hit, he will obviously not be involved in that kind of stuff. But I would say it is good progress that a guy who tore up his knee is already back in the spring ready to do non-contact drills. And like you said, in summer camp and right before the fall, hopefully he'll be at a place where he is in a true position to compete for that starting job. And you're right. I think it's always good to have that competition. And Slovis was tremendous as a true freshman. But JT Daniels, of course, has a lot of talent. We all know that. And I think everyone would like to see the best guy win because if the best guy wins, that's what should be best for USC football as a whole. And I want to talk to you about the position battle that I'm looking forward to is who is going to replace the offensive tackles? 
Austin Jackson, of course, left early as a junior. And Drew Richmond, the grad transfer from Tennessee, obviously he was only going to be at USC for one year. And we don't know really who's going to take their spot at the two tackle positions on the offensive line. We know that the guard positions and the center positions are probably taken care of because we had Elijah Vera Tucker, who was an all-pack 12 first teamer, back as the left guard. And you have Brett Nealon, who started 11 games at center, and his backup, who had to play a little bit when Nealon got hurt, Justin Dietrich. And then there's also Jalen McKenzie, who played at right guard last year. He has played some right tackle in the past, but... I would say that the tackle position is really going to be an interesting one to keep an eye on to see who can emerge and take the spot of both Jackson and Richmond. And of course, the tackle position is a really important position on the offensive line. Yeah, especially in this offense where pass first, run second, everyone knows it. And there's no secret to how USC plays on the offensive side of the ball. So yeah, you're right. Those two tackle positions are going to be huge. We do have some good recruits coming in though, don't we, at O-line position? We have six of them coming in, and again, none of those guys are arriving until the fall, though. So I don't know that they'd be in position to play early. So we're probably looking at guys who are coming back, and again, most of them haven't necessarily played at the tackle position if they're experienced, or they're guys who are young and are redshirt freshmen like Jason Rodriguez. He came in, he was a decent recruit a couple years back, redshirted his first year. He might get a chance. There's Liam Jimmons, who originally began as a defensive lineman and got moved to the offensive line last year, and he played at guard last year. Andrew Voorhees was out all of last season, and he still may not be fully back during spring practice. And again, he started in the 2017 and 2018 seasons at guard. So there's just not a lot of experience for guys that you would think, oh, okay, we have some guys ready to step in who have played tackle, gotten some playing time in the mix at that position. There really isn't that for USC. So that's why I'm really interested to see who might establish themselves here during the spring before those young guys get in. And again, I don't know that you want to trust true freshmen at the tackle positions. Well, again, you got to put your trust in someone and the cream always rises to the top. You see guys that have breakout years all across the board at every position. Obviously, protecting our quarterbacks is probably the most highly publicized competition all spring and summer camp. But again, these guys got to work. If guys don't have all the experience, all it takes is getting a chance. And obviously, whoever's stepping up that's already on our roster was backing up some pretty good tackles. We know one guy's going to be a very high draft pick, so that's why you sometimes you don't play, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, you get there, the competition is this, and what you thought you were, you just got to work harder. And now the opportunity is going to present itself, and someone's going to step up. Whether it's a recruit or it's Rodriguez stepping up, someone's going to get the job. These games are going to get played, right? So I'm excited to see how these guys work. I'm excited to read about these pressured positions like tackle, the quarterback position. I want to see, I want to hear about the corners, how they're responding to new defensive back coaches, a new scheme. This is a very exciting time for the USC Trojans program, and I'm here for all of it. And finally, Frosty, let's hear some of the best spring practice stories from your time as a player at USC. Let's dish it. <laughs> That's a good one. 
to be honest, I played in one spring practice. I was recovering from surgeries the majority of the time. So I don't have too many stories, but the one that I do remember was when Matt Leinart and Brandon Hans and Matt Castle, those three battled it out all the way into fall camp until at the last, it seemed like the last day, Coach Carroll nominated Matt Leinart to be our quarterback going into the Auburn game. And that battle was one to see. Each one of those guys could have led us and the cream rise to the top. Matt Liner, the consensus All-American, the first-round pick that could have left as a junior, he got the nod. I mean, the guy won his Rose Bowl, won two national championships. If anyone really wants to debate me on that one, they can call in. And we played for three. So, obviously, Coach Carroll picked the right one. But I do feel like after watching that battle, all three of those guys gave us a great chance to win championships. So, that was one of the things that stuck out to me was just watching those three battle. Another thing was when I was there watching our running backs battle. A lot of people think, you know, Reggie came in, all you hear about is just Reggie was so phenomenal, and he was. But we had Chauncey Washington, we had Lindell White, we had Herschel Dennis. That competition was so fierce, and it was every day, you know, and I'm on the defensive side of the ball, right? So imagine trying to tackle these guys when they're treating every day like it was Saturday afternoon. We got their best stuff, you know, and then the O-line that we had, and I had to go against. So a combination of watching those backs and Matt Leiter beat out Brandon Hans and Matt Castle for that position, those are the things that stick out the most to me. Now, when you're in the middle of all that and you're seeing such a heated battle for such an important position on the team, are there guys talking about it? Is there kind of like discussion like who you think is better or who you think is winning the job? You know what? When I was in school, everyone was so good that we worked against or practiced against. Everyone's like a five-star recruit. I don't think I had any stars coming out of high school. Every guy I practiced against was a five-star recruit, big, strong, physical, fast. We were all trying to protect our own jobs. I was coming up injuries and they were recruiting these five-star guys like Jeff Swaggart and Chris Barrett. All these guys were coming in. I was constantly trying not to look over my shoulder and control what was on my plate. So it was like, you've seen the best freakish things and most athletic things happening in practice that people don't even understand. I see more stuff out of Reggie in practice than everyone got in the game. You practice more than you play, right? So I've seen all the fantastic jumping and hurdling and juking and running past everyone. And we had some really good defenders. So just seeing that, seeing how everyone got to work, you really had to pay attention to what was on your plate before you even had a chance to dictate anyone else's job. Awesome stories. Thanks for giving us a glimpse inside of those Pete Carroll teams. And again, you might say that the best team you played against was the one in practice every day. It was great to hear about that. And of course, if you enjoy listening to us here, please subscribe and rate our show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and tune in wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The website to go to is Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media at Believe Podcast. You can find and follow me on Twitter at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports, Frosty. Where do they catch up with you? I'm at The Organic Frost. And again, this is on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. If you guys have any questions out there, ask them. We can talk about whatever we want to talk about. We would like to talk about what you guys have to say, right? If you guys have anything that you guys want to hear about, bring it on. Let us know. Hit us up and we'll talk about it on the show. And before we finish up this spring practice preview show, any final thoughts you want to give? Final thoughts, like I always get a chance to do. I'd like to say... I'm going to try the whole spring practice preview to be as positive as I can and support Clay Hilton. And I am asking everyone out there that is tuning in and listening, 
let's not keep throwing tomatoes. Let's actually get behind this because the only way we're going to see a brighter day is if you support it. What you're going to hear from me is nothing but positive commentary about our head coach. All right. You heard it. And of course, let us know if there's anything you want to talk about during the show. Hit us up on social media. Hit us up on the website. Just find a way to contact us if you want to hear about anything related to USC football. So for Frosty Rucker, I'm Nara Wang. Thanks for joining us for episode 25 of the USC football podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in L.A. and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? And as I always end every show, please remember to fight on. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.